listen up, but we have some strangers all the way there in the back. Yeah, it's so good to see them. Well, uh, uh, who are you, Becca? <laughs> Joyce and her, her wonderful husband, Strickler. So, not Earl. Yeah, of course. See, it's been so long. I had to, I had to get the bulletin or the directory out to look you up. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. I hope Karen heard that. Joyce and Earl Strickler, Karen. So uh, they're here. Karen's sick today, so she is not here. Uh, Sandy said that she suffers from uh, uh, allergies and got a little bit under the weather. She uh, was getting ready about uh, right at 5.30 this morning. Did you know we leave our house pretty early? And uh, she was sniffling and sort of just drainage down her throat kind of thing. And she said, well, they'll be real, uh, they'll be upset if I'm not there. And I looked at her and I go, no, no, no. They'll be upset if I'm not there. <laughs> they'll be disappointed if you're not there. <laughs> I said, if you're sick, stay home. I said, would you stay home? If you were teaching today, would you stay home? And she says, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, pray for her. She, she really wanted to be here. She really did. Well, we miss her. She's always an asset, that's for sure. Uh, I don't really have anything to... Uh, pass on as far as announcements go. However, I do have a question for you, something for you to think about through the week. If vegetable oil is made from vegetables, fish oil is made from fish, olive oil is made from olives, what is baby oil made from? <laughs> Just something to think about. I'm standing up here. I can see the reactions. All the men are smiling and all the women are going, <laughs> Okay, enough of that stupidity. Well, Pastor Sandy started off by saying that uh, Karen was ill. Let's see if we have other joys and concerns as we go into our worship service here. Let me get my mask on here. Christine, do you have updates for us? Oh my gosh, okay. 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 All right. All right. That's great. Donna, let me get you over here. I had asked for prayers for my Aunt Betty uh, last Sunday, and she actually passed away Sunday. So um, we had her funeral on Friday. Oh. Uh, 
but she, she passed away peacefully, and her services were beautiful. This morning at 8.30, I got a call from Karen, and her mother-in-law passed away this morning. And she also passed away peacefully, all the way it sounds. So they went to see her yesterday morning, and then they were both there last evening for a long time. Not wanting her to pass away by herself, but unfortunately, she passed away this morning. Um, they were at home when it happened, so okay. keep her in her prayers. She feels bad that she was alone. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Tina. I have two um, quick updates for people that I have on the, the prayer guide. Uh, the first one is Aiden Schaefer. He's the 15-year-old with epilepsy. Uh -huh. um, he is back playing tennis at high school, and uh, he is. they got the medication to where he is, uh, he is doing very well. So Great. that is a definite praise. That's wonderful. Um, Aaron Selker with the pancreatic cancer. Um, unfortunately, I think is in her final days or oh. weeks. It's um, um, uh, the post was, you know, victory either way. Yeah. Um, but she, they were really hoping for a cure for her having five young children. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't sound like that's what's meant to be. So. Yeah. That's so it. continue to pray. I mean, we can't lose hope, but yeah. also pray for the family that. Yeah. Yeah. This may be. This may be what, what God's plan is. Sure. It, sure. Well, it is what God's plan is, yes. not maybe, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just tough. Absolutely. Yeah. God has a plan for all of us. Oh, Harriet. I want to give an update on our grandson, Rod. His liver and spleen are still uh, enlarged. And... Um, they can't operate because his platelets are low. I don't know what they should be, but they were down to five. Now they're up to 12, the platelets. And they want to do a bone marrow uh, test, and they can't do that because his platelets are low. And uh, he's been getting uh, blood transfusions every day, and they're giving him chemo and um, steroids. And the steroids make his sugar high. He needs insulin. Oh, gosh. And uh, his heart rate was up to 140, and it should be below 100, but it's down to 95 now. And um, oh, what's, lots of other things. Uh, so... Um, his, uh, yeah, he really needs our prayers. And his uh, church where they used to go to are holding uh, prayer vigils. They hold, held the first one over at the hospital. They could see him from his room, but they're still having prayer vigils. So he still needs our prayers. So keep praying. Okay. This is your grandson? Yes. Okay. He's 47. He's 47. I was just going to ask that. Okay. All right. Wow. A lot going on there. Anyone else? Joyce. I just want to thank everybody for the prayers, the calls, and the prayer shawl was so beautiful. It came at a, a really good time. And uh, I just, we missed everybody. We love you all, and we just missed you so much. And 
Earl and I are going through some testing, so just keep us in your prayers and and just thank you for such a wonderful greeting back. Yep. Love you all. We're glad to have you back. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. Wonderful. Please keep praying for the, all the food banks around here. Definitely the one in E-Town. They're short-handed. We, we got a, at work, we got a list of stuff that they really need. And definitely pray for the people from up in Maine at their food bank. And the people who think you're going to BBS, to Maine. Okay, yeah. Yeah, a lot of need for food banks at this time. A lot of people still affecting, are being uh, harmed and so forth from this uh, isolation pandemic. It's getting a little better, but still nasty. Anyone else? Alrighty. Well, we have an opening hymn, ladies and gentlemen. Our joys and our concerns. Let's have a word of prayer for them. And uh, just looking over our bulletin, I don't see any birthdays this week. So uh, we will not have any birthday song. But let's have a prayer for our joys and concerns. Heavenly Father, without even saying a word, you know what's on our hearts. You know what each person needs what each person desires. And that's because you are God. You are the one that sustains us. You are the one that leads us. But we do come to you with petition, asking for intercession for diseases. We think of Marion and Ken's grandson. A lot of complications for that young man. Lord, Whatever your will is, we know that things will turn out for the good, whichever way things go. Lord, but we ask that you intercede. We would be remiss in not asking for your help, for your healing power. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer concerning that. And Lord, we pray for those who have lost loved ones devastating to families and friends. But providing they know you, it is a joyous occasion because now they are free from all heart heartbreaks, all disease, all pain. Thank you, Lord. Comfort the families. Give them peace, dear Lord. Let them know that you are with them. Lord, there is so much to pray for. So many individuals that are hurting and we we think of people who are suffering from cancers especially pancreatic cancer lord that's a devastating cancer that we experience but we still have hope we still ask you to intercede because we know that you are the provider of great miracles and thank you lord for that thank you lord for healing touches Speaking of healing touches, we pray for this country, Lord. We pray that you will 
will jump, dump mercy upon mercy upon us. Turn this country around, Lord. We are slipping from you. And we are facing dire consequences. Lord, things need to pick up. We need your guidance. We need people to make the choice for you. Help us to bring those individuals to your loving grace. And Lord, we pray for Christians throughout the world, especially in Nigeria, Lord, Syria, Korea, China. Not just those places, but all over the world. But those come to mind as an area that we are familiar with, that those individuals face great persecution. Put your arm around them, Lord. Lift them up. Let them know that you care. Give them great perseverance and improve their faith beyond measures. We also pray, Lord, here at home are food banks that are in desperate need of, of not only volunteers but provisions to help those individuals that are struggling. We pray our blessing upon these food banks, not only here in our state, but also in New England and Maine. Provide for them, Lord. Somehow, give that nudge to individuals to donate and to help in a volunteer position. Thank you, Lord. And finally, we pray for this congregation, Lord. A congregation that loves you that wants to do your will. Lead us forward, Lord. Give us the knowledge that you want us to have. Let us enjoy a fruitful future. We pray this, Lord, in your son's holy name, our Savior, Jesus Christ, our coming King. Amen. Now it's steady. All right. Technology. All right. Well, friends, um, this week is my last week officially, um, and Sort of the, I'm sort of uh, in the message talking some about that and, and how I look at it. And so you know that I know that you know that I know. 
kind of thing. Um, and, and it's about uh, the future, uh, presuming the future. Um, you know, I, I can look back on the past, and uh, seven years ago today was my last day at Coventry. All right? Now, I've been, re I've been retired four times since then. <laughs> And I'm unretired uh, right now until the end of this week. Uh, so will I be retired uh, a fifth time? Well, it, yes, technically. And, and uh, I think that's what you need to understand. Uh, you know, uh, I have served uh, before the Lord uh, since I was 25 years old as, as a pastor. Um, 25 years old. Can you imagine trying to be a pastor? And, and a lot of those folks in that congregation were way older than me. <laughs> I go, yeah, what did I have to tell them? You know, 25 years old. Uh, heart, you know, I would say still wet behind the ears, you know. Um, but I believe... I believe that God has used the calling process um, that the brethren have over, over uh, the generations have, has said, okay, now we're going to do it this way and uh, you know, search the scriptures regarding calling uh, and ordination and so forth. Um, among the brethren, ordination happens at, it's a three-way partnership between district, individual, and congregation. And you cannot leave out any part. Um, I, God builds into that safety. Um, what one may not see, another might. Uh, what an individual may uh, we may see, others may not. Um, the individual always has to be willing to serve. Uh, and it's important, it's important for me to know that I have a submitted heart before the Lord to, to those in authority over me. And if you're not submitted to people in the Lord, it, and, and scripture talks about this. Even governments, you have to be careful about uh, speaking uh, evil of dignitaries. That's talking about the public officials. And I don't care whether you like them or not, you don't talk evil of them. All right. Well, and the same is, is true uh, within the body of, of uh, believers. Um, and to have a submitted heart before the Lord. Um, you need to know this morning uh, that the path I have, have expressed, and, and I'm talking about at the end of January, uh, giving a letter of resignation as of April 30th, that... Um, 
I believe before the Lord. Okay, what am I doing? And this is really the message this morning. I'm, I'm seeking from my heart to trust the Lord, to walk with the Lord, and to be in a position in trusting the Lord that and saying at what I've been saying since, uh, since 1975, that I was 25 years old in 1975, uh, Lord, if you want me to serve, I'm willing to serve. On the other hand, I'm not going to presume that I have to serve. You say, well, how long are you going to serve? Well, will I, if, if I turn 90, will I be able to preach yet? Maybe not. But I'm, you know what? I am not going to presume the future and either good or bad, say, well, you know, it's going to be this or it's going to be that. I believe that's a mistake. And we'll see in the scriptures why I think it's a mistake, all right? Now, so what will I do this week? Among the brethren, the signal that a person is willing to serve is I, I fill out a um, sort of a summary it's called a pastoral profile. It's, uh, probably pro used to be 18 pages. I think they cut it back to 13 pages. Sort of my life history kind of thing. And even has my children on it, you know, put them on there. I don't know why they don't ask for grandchildren. Um, I fill out the profile. I, I give that to the district. All right. The point at which I give it to the district I am eligible for interview, okay? Now, the district executive may or may not give that interview to you. He may have some bright ideas how he's, how he's going to suggest that things work out. You, as I understand, as, as a congregation, you can express whatever you want to to the district executive and he to the, to the district ministry commission, Right. And they, they are the ones that drive the bus regarding placement and calling. All right. What I am saying to the district, you need to hear this clearly. What I am saying to the district is I'm way past what many consider the retirement age, which is 65. I'm considerably beyond that. Um, and I'm, I'm willing to serve, but I'm, I only have a certain amount of energy and there's, there's things I just, I cannot do full-time anymore. I just can't do full-time. All right. So I tell them what I, you know, so I'm willing to do this and I'm willing to do that and I'm willing to do this and I'm willing to do that. And I am starting by saying, a quarter, it'd be wonderful if I could have quarter time, all right, which in your situation would be finding somebody else. And without finding somebody else, then I got a problem, all right? And we have to work through that problem in finding somebody to serve the other quarter time if indeed I am to be called and to be placed back here. 
Um, let me say it to the whole kind. I've said this to individuals. How did we get Pastor Ryan? As I understand, somebody knew about him and requested through the district executive, the district executive asked Pastor Ryan to fill out a profile <laughs> and then that profile came here. And the search committee looked at his profile and they said to the district, we think we would maybe like to interview with him, all right? And so the district executive consented to that and that was done. So, so there's people out there that would, that would potentially be eligible, either licensed or ordained, to submit a profile if asked. Now, this is the hidden part. Most people say, well, who's already submitted a profile? We'll just go with those. But no, no, you, we got, you know, we got Spring Creek. We got, we got Mount Wilson. We got, you know, other congregations in the area. And if, if they have, you know, maybe they have a, a senior pastor or a head pastor, but maybe they have one or two people that are licensed. Now, uh, the brother, brother Craig that was here from Little Svatara, now he's licensed, but I bet he doesn't have a profile submitted to the district. He's probably hiding out and hoping nobody, <laughs> nobody calls him. That's my guess. This is educated guess. I don't know that for sure. If I was him, I would probably be feeling that, all right? Now, so, but, but if there's no profile, it's real unlikely that a person would, would come from the, the hand of the district executive in a profile to the congregation and say, well, here's somebody you could consider. So what, what, you, what you are able to do, and especially the search committee. Now, beyond, beyond my being here, what the search committee does technically should be confidential. And you guys are not go blabbing. You know, up at Quakertown, they were blabbing. And the district executive had to show up and say, you guys be quiet. You don't say what you're doing until it's all, all ready for a recommendation to, for so-and-so. And, 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 you know, you, 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 know, you stick, stick to your business, all right? Um, so, so one of the things you could, you could do, I'm not saying you have to, but I think it'd be the smart thing is figure out, does Spring Creek have any licensed ministers? Does, uh, you know, who else around here has licensed, does Mount Wilson have another Ryan or something, you know? Uh, and, and then talk to the district executive and say, well, you know, you said that so-and-so was over at Spring Creek, uh, could you ask them, how would you feel about that, Mr. District Executive, Mr. Pete, uh, about asking them to submit a profile? He may say yes, and he may say no, you know. And so you, 
you pray for Pete, you pray for the District Ministry Commission, you pray for candidates out there, you pray, I mean, you just pray. You'll, and, and if you don't turn to the Lord, yeah, you're, you're going to have more trouble than you think. <laughs> Let me tell you, I know way more about this than I even want to pretend, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else I want to say about that? So, so the issue is not not just my willingness. The issue is find if if as a congregation, if you might be interested in me to to enter a new agreement, then you, you need to find somebody for the quarter time. Now, I don't feel like I have to be. And if, if they come up and say, you know, that we got a, we got a, a halftime person, at, uh, so-and-so. And you know what? You need to seriously look at that. And you need to quiz them whether or not they're going to do the visitation, whether or not they're going to do the administration, whether or not they're going to relate to the secretary. You know, all the things you want them to do, you know, especially part-time people. Now, I think Ryan, Pastor Ryan is probably learning pretty quickly the, to have office hours. He never had one office hour at the time he was here. I didn't complain about it because I had office hours. So, you know, I tried to do what I could. All right. But, but to say, yeah, we want you to do X, Y, Z as far as visitation. We want, and, and, and hospitals and nursing homes and whatever, you know. And to, and to make sure that those things are clear. In, in, a, in an interview. Um, I am trying not to presume the future regarding me here. Either yes or, or no. I'm willing, don't feel like I have to. You need to hear that. Um, what else? That there is a part of this that it, it seems, help me, Lord, to express this. It seems like it is bureaucratic, but when it comes down to it, no. The way it's really designed is to build, to build relationships between congregation, district executive, between congregation and potential candidates, that's the interview process, to, to and so, you, and I'm, what I'm doing is giving you fuel for the fire for prayer. God, help us build the right kind of relationships that, that Lord, that you, that you will be in this and work through this, okay? When I was... Uh, Okay, so I started off when I was 25. About age 27, 28, 29, by, by age 29, I had been a pastor four years. And uh, the honeymoon 
there, by the way, there's always sort of a honeymoon uh, between pastor and new congregation at the beginning. Well, the honeymoon was over. <laughs> and I went to that church because the Lord told me to go to that church. Okay, Lord, I'll go. And uh, I asked the Lord, Lord, is this where you want me to be? Why are these people being so nasty to me? By the way, they really were. <laughs> they really got nasty. For, for about five years, they got nasty. And, I, you know, of course, tough-nosed old Sandy, I just stuck it out, you know. And 10 years down the road, I was still praying, Lord, do you want me to still be here? 15 years down the road, I was still praying, Lord, do you want me to be here? 20 years down the road, I was still praying, Lord, do you still want me to be here? 25 years down the road, I was still praying, Lord, do you want me? Oh, you want me to move? Okay, I'll move. I'll move. Um, but at year four, the word of the Lord came to me. And the word of the Lord was this, regarding being pastor of that first congregation. The Lord said to me, whether you go or whether you stay is your choice. My cho Sometimes the Lord, when I went there, the Lord said, go, no choice. He, in fact, the Lord took away all the choices I had, and it was the only thing I could see. <laughs> Yikes. But now the Lord is saying, and if you go from the word, you know why from the word why you're going. And if you choose to stay, you know from the word why you are staying. And so I prayed and I studied. I mean, I'm talking about over uh, a number of months, maybe four months, four or five months, I don't know. Maybe longer. It might have been longer. <laughs> it seemed like a long time. Uh, any, anyway, I finally said I am staying. And the passage that, that I stayed on, and eventually the congregation knew this. The reason I stayed was because, you know, and Jesus saw the people and they were as sheep without a shepherd. And, and that was that congregation. The, 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 the guy that tried to be a minister before me knew more about Arizona Highways magazine and the Reader's Digest magazine and he preached from those instead of the Bible. And the, and the people... You know, and so and they, they were at least glad that I was using the Bible, you know. Um, yeah. So, so there's a part of this where, the, where God can say, you as a congregation have to make a choice. Well, if he said, well, from the word, you know from the word why you're making the choice. And, and, and work... Work through that, friends. Work through that. Um, don't presume the future. What does that mean? Well, let me, uh, 
Let me start by reading something that I, uh, I ran across this probably, probably 30 years ago. And I had to go, and, and there is, there's probably, probably six pages to this, and I'm just doing two. I just went through and got parts of it, because there, there's sections, all right? Uh, but I, I'm give, I, hopefully I'm giving you enough that you catch on what I'm talking about. Um, there are times when we move forward with the things of the Lord into the future and we get real disappointed <laughs> because it doesn't turn out the way we think it ought to turn out. And we get frustrated with ourselves, but more likely we get frustrated with others and we point our fingers at others, you know. Like, of course, you've never done that, ever. Um, but there is an element throughout the whole of Scripture, all the way back to the book of Genesis, all the way into the book of Revelation, about unfulfilled expectations regarding the future and having a feeling that things are not turning out right now the way we think things ought to turn out. But that's all part of presuming the future. Let me give a just a personal <laughs> personal testimony about this in the life of this that I, th this is something that is a big temptation to me all right it's a real simple thing but i got so disappointed it's none of you here and I, I thought maybe you said he might be that ryan pastor ryan might be here this morning but you know so I got talking to him about being able to put things up with a projector, you know. And dear friends, I knocked myself out along, along with uh, Brother Joel running wires and, and getting that thing to work and getting that thing to work. And, you know, and, and, and then I hand, hand these things to Ryan and he's not interested. What did I do? I presume the future, but what I was doing for him. Oh, well. Now, that's part of that is life. But part of it was not working through in my own heart regarding him and regarding this. All right. It's there. It's usable. All right. But I have to step, step back from it. I, I could say a little bit of the same thing regarding the organ, all right, and, and spend a buku hours on that. I, I, before the repairman got here, I tore it apart. <laughs> and he said, well, this is pretty good shape for, I go, it wasn't that good a shape when we got it. <laughs> oh, you did something. I go, yeah, I did some things. Well, thank you for doing something. I said, it's this board right here where there's some of the problems. Oh, you know, and so, you know, it, it, and we had Walter, and then Walter passes. And, and 
I was, you know, of course, I knew, here I knew better, but in my heart, what did I do? I presumed the future regarding Walter and the organ. So, you know, I tell you what, there, there's, there's probably a list of 20 things like that, all right. I'm just saying, be alert in your own heart as a congregation to presuming that things are going to go a certain way. Let me read this. Many significant things God himself brings into being, he first allows to die, and then he fulfills the vision in a way that only he can do. And then here's a, a quote from uh, John chapter 12, verse 24. I tell, and it's a quote from Jesus. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single kernel. But if it dies, it produces many kernels. So here's, here's the working concept. A grain of wheat has built into it an ability to reproduce itself into many more grains of wheat. However, that kernel must die, falling to the ground as good as dead. The resurrected kernel springs up out of the ground and out of death to produce a wonderful harvest. All right, taking that, what Jesus teaches, and that understanding of, of what he's talking about. Number one, Abraham. Abraham was told by the word of the Lord that he himself would be, quote, the father of many nations, end quote. Humanly, that colonel died. Sarah was barren. Abraham and Sarah were too old to have children. God resurrected that colonel, gave Abraham and Sarah a son in their old age. Humanly, that colonel died again when Abraham was commanded to sacrifice his son. God resurrected the colonel God provided a ram caught in the thicket for the sacrifice. And now today, he is, Abraham is, quote, the father of many nations. Number two, Joseph. Joseph had several dreams from the Lord indicating that people would bow, bow down to him. Humanly, that colonel died. Joseph's brothers sold him to a caravan and he was a slave in Egypt. Humanly, that colonel died again when Joseph was falsely condemned to spend many years in prison. God resurrected the colonel when God allowed Joseph to interpret the dreams of the butcher and the baker and later the king, whereupon he was made a ruler in the land and during a famine, even Joseph's family bowed down to him. Number three, 
Moses was told by the, by the Lord out of the burning bush that he was to lead his people out of the bondage of Egypt. Humanly, that colonel died when Pharaoh, as well as some of his own people, drove Moses away after Moses' first attempt failed. Humanly, that colonel died again and again every time Pharaoh rejected letting the people go during the first nine plagues. God resurrected the colonel, and only God can do this, when the deaths of the firstborn of Egypt finally convinced Pharaoh to free the Israelites, Moses brought them out of Egypt and to the promised land. And, and, and I know there's probably like a half a dozen of these from the New Testament, but I give you the main one. And it's even why I'm wearing the necktie. <laughs> and you can look at the necktie after the service. The disciples were told by Jesus, if they followed him, that they would establish the kingdom of God. A, a number of times. Humanly, that colonel died when the very ones Jesus came to save arrested him, imprisoned him, mocked him, whipped and beat him, and sentenced him to death. Well, so much for that idea. Humanly, that colonel really died again when they nailed Jesus to the cross. And he died. He died. This is a real death. The disciples saw him dead and buried in a tomb. But God resurrected the colonel. When God raised Jesus from the dead, the disciples, beyond that then, beyond this Jesus' resurrection, disciples performed signs and wonders, and the gospel of salvation was spread throughout all the world. In every single major thing that God does, there's this time where things don't go the way we think it ought to go. <laughs> so don't be surprised. <laughs> now, once in a while, and I even get nervous when things go so smoothly and there's no problems. Well, don't panic because God can do that too. Did you know that? <laughs> but there are times that and sometimes I think, especially when, and I'm just going to talk about myself. You can talk about your own self, but right now I'm talking about myself. I have the tendency of thinking that things ought to progress the way I got it in my head, the way I am convinced of. And God says, well, you know, if you... Maybe, maybe this is just done because, because of your smarts and your human ability and your, it's, it's all you. It's all human. Where's God in it? And so 
there has to come a point to where, where I, by the way, don't hold things like this before the Lord. Hold things like this. If you hold things, you know, he can tap you on the hand, you open it up and you still got it. But if you go like this, you let go of it. And there are times when God says, let go of it. You may really want it, but let go of it. I mean, there's even an element of repentance in that. All right? And I'm talking especially for the things that we are so thoroughly convinced of. Persuaded. We don't want anybody changing our mind. And we want to put it off on everybody else. Well, as you judge others, so you will be judged. Let's, go, let's turn to the scriptures here. Uh, go back to Proverbs. And what's in the bulletin is the wrong verse. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and it was... That was either a mistake in my computer keyboard or it was a mistake in the secretary's computer keyboard. Proverbs, and it's not 26, it's Proverbs 27. Proverbs, and there's a verse there. And this is a good one in these times of working through this and not presuming the future to know about this verse. Proverbs chapter 27 First verse. You just don't do this. You don't go bragging about the future like you know the future because you don't. God may show you some things about the future, but between, between the time that Joseph saw the vision of everybody bowing down to him and the time that it really, a lot happened in there. I'll tell you what, before it happens for you, a lot could happen in between. It says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Forth. That is your human position. That is your human limitation. And as much as I, you know, much as I would like, you know, I got, uh, I got a retirement fund. I, by the way, I don't have Social Security. I got a retirement fund, and I've got uh, what do you call that? Uh, I can't even think. Of, uh, Medicare. I've got, uh, uh, yeah, I got an IRA, individual retirement account. Uh, I got a little uh, savings over here, you know. And, and what am I doing? I'm trusting in something other than the Lord, I tell you. And, you know, and who's my source? Uh, my source is not the U.S. government. That is, uh, uh, what did I say? Social Security? No. <laughs> it's not my retirement fund. It's not my insurance. It's not Medicare. It's, no, it's none of that. God is our source. 
and for you and I, every single one of us, to turn our heart to God and to trust from the depths of our hearts to trust God. And if, if my retirement fund goes down the drain and the whole economy goes wacko, you know, it could, it has in the past. We could be left with nothing. And if we learn to trust God now, if some catastrophe happens, we go, you know what, I'm just going to keep on trusting God. Now, I thank God for my, my retirement fund. You know, yeah, thank you, Lord. Every, every time it comes in, thank you, Lord. You know, I'm glad for it. I rejoice in it. But now it's the Lord is our source. It comes from him. It comes from him, friends. Don't boast about tomorrow, but do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Go to James. There's a passage in James about this. Do you know about this passage at the end of James chapter 4? James chapter 4. And starting with the 13th verse. And, and you may have to go back and read this because this is a matter of training your heart. What are we talking about? We're talking about the human impulse to presume the future and pulling back from that and say, no, heart, we're not going to presume the future. We're going to trust God. Here's how you do it. Here's a practical application of it. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. By the way, there's nothing with doing that. What's the problem? The problem is saying, oh yeah, we're, you know, it's presuming the future. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. Now, you know, my heart needs to hear that. Heart, you don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. Have you ever had a day that, you were, that, that such good things happened you were totally surprised? <laughs> Have you had a, had a day when that we were totally surprised about all this bad stuff that happened, whether good or bad. That's life. You know, we don't like to be surprised in that way. But if, you know what? If you're trusting God, you can trust him in the good stuff and you can trust him in the bad stuff. All right? For what is your life? Heart? Are you listening, heart? What is your life? It's every person in this room. Every person, whether you're listening or not. And you can go to sleep. I'm not going to pick on you. <laughs> For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Well, that's so much, so much for Sandy. <laughs> That's me. 
I'm here for a little bit, and there's a time that I'm going to vanish away. 